Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, author of The Successful Match, and I'm here with my partner and co-author, Dr. Samir Desai. And Samir, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about this topic today was because I'm seeing it impacting multiple medical students right around me. And so the topic of customizing personal statements, I think is a really important one, probably more so this year than any other year that we've been following this. So right now, as we're recording this, it is July 2020, and we are in the middle of the COVID pandemic. And in response, medical schools have taken away the possibility of doing away electives. And in our book, The Successful Match, we really talk about the importance of away electives, especially if you are trying to match into a competitive residency program or a competitive specialty. And they're often called audition electives because it's a chance for the program to really get to know you on a personal basis and to see what you have to offer beyond just what is in your CV. And I have to say, in dermatology especially, you know, obviously a very competitive specialty, audition electives are very important. I know one of the statistics that we had quoted in our book at the time that the survey was taken was that over 50% of dermatology applicants had matched at a program where they were known to the program. And that might be via matching into their home program or via doing an audition elective. And I know for me personally, it made a big difference in the course of my career. I was a student at the Baylor College of Medicine, and I did an audition elective at the Northwestern University Department of Dermatology. And that one-month experience really allowed me to be able to interact and speak with multiple key decision makers at that program. And I think that played a large role in me obtaining a residency position there. And I was just talking to one of my medical students who is really interested in a competitive specialty, but is really interested in a different city. And so that's really tricky because she can't do an away elective at that program. And so one of the techniques that I think has always been under-recognized is the technique of using a customized personal statement. So, Samir, let's get into it now. Can you actually create more than one personal statement? Absolutely, Rajani. The system allows you to create and upload as many statements as you would like. So, for example, if you're applying to 30 residency programs, you could, if you wanted to, create, upload, and send 30 different personal statements. So what you're saying, in essence, is that you could theoretically send a program-specific personal statement to every single program to which you applied. That's right. If you chose to do that, it's certainly within your means. So let's start with some definitions. What is a program-specific personal statement? As opposed to a general personal statement, What we mean by the term program-specific personal statement is a document that's created where the applicant is writing specifically about why they're interested in a particular program. Is this something that's commonly used? Well, Rajni, the applicant should realize that most programs don't require 
program-specific statements. And you can prove that to yourself by reviewing residency program websites. And you'll see that most of them do ask for a personal statement. But from time to time, you'll encounter a program that indicates they are seeking a program-specific statement. And in these cases, of course, it's very important to follow their instructions in order to receive consideration for interviews. But one thing that I'll tell you, Rajani, that is important is that even if a program doesn't require a program-specific statement, a lot of applicants will, will choose to do so on their own. And, and the hope is that by customizing or personalizing the personal statement for that particular program, uh, the hope is that they will receive more consideration for one of their interview spots. And another thing that I do see is that we have applicants who are applying to a particular specialty. And within that specialty, you have what we call community uh, residency programs, and then you have research-oriented residency programs. And some of these applicants could be happy at both. And so they may develop two separate statements, one that's geared towards research-oriented programs, and then one that's geared more to community-oriented programs. Although we don't have any data that tells us how often applicants submit program-specific statements, in my experience, it's a relatively small percentage of the applicants who do this. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, as you just said, really writing that customized statement allows you to stand out from other applicants, um, many of whom are not going to be doing this. But I think, you know, even more so, just what you said, that you can express a particular interest in a given program. And that's really important to a lot of programs to know that you're interested. So having said all that, why do you think more applicants don't write program-specific statements? A lot of it, Rajni, has to do with how much work it takes to write a program-specific statement. So over the years, we know that the average number of applications that are submitted per applicant has climbed markedly. So if you're a U.S. student and you're applying to 60 programs, or if you're an international medical graduate and you're applying to 200 programs, personalizing or customizing the statement, that would require a tremendous amount of work. The other thing that factors into whether or not an applicant will write a program-specific statement has to do with how much this matters to residency programs. So there's a perception among applicants that programs don't look at the personal statement when making interview decisions. Therefore, some applicants will argue, why should they take this extra step? Well, let's back up for a minute then. What exactly is the role of the personal statement in the residency selection process? Is it something that program directors are actually using to make interview decisions? That's a great question. And of course, that does vary from program to program. And that depends upon the residency selection process that exists within that program. Now, while it's true that some programs won't look at the statement when they're making interview decisions, there is significant evidence that shows us that it does play a role at many programs. And the best way to highlight that is by directing students and applicants to the NRMP program director survey. And this is a survey where the NRMP surveys program directors every two years. And then the last survey that was done in 2018 with program directors in over 20 specialties, they asked program directors 
about the personal statement and how it's used in making interview decisions. And in that survey, nearly 80% of program directors cited the statement as a factor in deciding whom to interview. And then they went one step further. They asked the program directors, how important is it in this process? And program directors gave it a mean rating of 3.7. And what that means is it's on a scale of one to five where one is not at all important and five is very important. So you can see from this, Regine, that there are many, many programs that are using the statement in their decision-making process as far as whom to extend an interview invitation to. Well, then what about the program-specific personal statement? Do we have any research about that? So the NRMP doesn't ask that question. In other words, they do not specifically survey program directors on you know, how they feel about program-specific statements. Mm -hmm. But I will say that there's another criteria that program directors highly value, and it's what we call perceived interest in a program. And so in the last NRMP survey, approximately 60% of programs reported that perceived interest in the program is a factor that they use to make interview decisions. And from the standpoint of importance, it was given a rating of 4.1. And so there are lots of ways to demonstrate interest in a program. You mentioned earlier uh, in our podcast that doing an away rotation is one way to do that. And of course, right now in the time of COVID, that's not doable. But another way to show interest in a program is by writing a program-specific personal statement. And that's something that may give you an edge in the residency selection process. Are there any specialties that require these kind of statements? One specialty that did require the program-specific statement is the specialty of otolaryngology. That's something that they put into place in 2015. But uh, more recently, they backed off on that. So there are still some programs in otolaryngology that require or recommend it, but it's not a specialty-wide requirement. I would like to jump right into some best practices for how to do this. But right before we do that, I do want you to highlight for our listeners some of the pitfalls in writing these kind of specific statements. Absolutely. There, there's a, several that I'd like to uh, emphasize. The first one is that you don't want to inadvertently send the wrong statement to a program. And that's fairly easy to do, and it has definitely happened over the years. And, and why it happens is an applicant typically will write a program-specific statement for a certain program, and then they might use that as a template to do some more program-specific statements. And you can imagine if you put the name of a particular program in that statement and forget to change that out, then you know that program would obviously receive a statement that was intended for another program. And so that is the first thing that I would say uh, we have to be really, really careful about. And then the second thing is also very common, and that is writing a program-specific statement that is so generic that when a program director or some other member of the residency selection committee looks at it, it feels like that same statement could be sent to every program. So it does not at all feel specific to that program, customized or personalized. 
also wanted us to talk about best practices. So what would you say are some of the best practices for writing a program-specific personal statement? Well, Reginie, what I tell applicants is that you really need to research the program in great depth, and it all starts there. So I tell applicants, go to the program's website and read it in great detail. But I also tell them not to stop there because a lot of applicants will do that and stop. I tell them to look at the entire department's website because there's a tremendous amount of information that is present that is relevant to the program they're applying to that's not in just the program's website. And then after they do that, I tell them, take a look at the hospital website because you're going to find information that is very useful. For example, hospital websites generally have a news section where they report things that are exciting, that are going on in their hospital. And sometimes it's related to the department in which you're applying for a residency position. So I think that's really great advice because the most important part of crafting this customized personal statement is really this research part, or it's the first step anyway. And when you're saying research the program, you're starting with the program's website, you're starting with the entire department's website, you're looking at the hospital website, and especially the news section. So what should an applicant do next? After that, they should do a thorough internet search. So there's a lot of information about these programs that can be found beyond the website. And not just an internet search about the program, but try to learn as much as you can about the faculty and what their interests are. So you can read their research articles, for example, and really find out the different things that the faculty are involved in. But the internet is great, but I wouldn't say that it takes the place of getting firsthand information from people who are really in the know. And that would be people who have ties to the program. So they could be physicians in your specialty of interest that are available to you at your school. It could be graduates of the residency program that are now practicing. But reaching out to people who have been at that program or who know a lot about that program can be tremendously helpful. It can net information that's not easily found through the website or internet search. And it could give you the type of information that really makes your personal statement stand out. I think that's so true. And this is really an underutilized strategy by a lot of medical students. And I'll tell you that I've had students reach out to me in the past. So I was at the Baylor College of Medicine Department of Dermatology for 17 years, and I'm still in contact and I still work on research articles with faculty who are still there. So I have had some of the students reach out to me just to ask me some specifics about the program or some area that they're really interested in um, within the program. And so I'm able to give them a really in-depth behind the scenes look at some of those um, some of those areas of interest. So I think that's a fabulous technique. But Samir, the next part of this is really e even more important than the research. So what do you do after you've done your research? What do you do with this information? Right, so the research is the first part. So after you've obtained this information, then you need to think about what it all means. And specifically, you need to think about 
what it is you found and how it fits with who you are and what you've done and what you want to do in the future. So to give you an example, let's say you're someone who's been involved in advocacy work and maybe you did some advocacy work as a student to help pass uh, a resolution in the American Medical Association. Now, let's say through your research, you find out that the program has faculty that have been heavily involved in advocacy. So now you have something that ties you with their program, and you may choose to highlight your background in advocacy in your program-specific personal statement, and then tie it in to what the program faculty have been doing. And in so doing, you'd be demonstrating your fit between you and the program. So it's really a focus on demonstrating fit, sort of as we say in our book, why you would be the perfect candidate for that program. That's absolutely right. You want to demonstrate fit because in doing so, the program is going to look at that and say to themselves, you know, this is somebody who is going to fit in well here, who's going to be happy here. And because we have things that are going on that align with what this applicant is interested in, this person is most likely going to come here and take advantage of the opportunities and make contributions to our program. Well, what's the next step? Once you've determined the content that you would like to include in your program-specific personal statement, you then have to decide how to incorporate it. And there are different ways to do this. Uh, one of the things that you want to give some thought to is where in your statement will you introduce this personalization? Will it be early in the statement? Will it be more to the end of the statement? So there's a lot of choices here, and you just have to start to decide how to incorporate the content and where to put it in your statement. What about other applicants? So can you give me some examples of things that applicants have included when they have written program-specific statements? Absolutely, and I can tell you uh, specifically about applicants to otolaryngology because that particular specialty at one point had a requirement where every applicant had to write a program-specific personal statement. And they've actually researched the content that is found in these program-specific statements. And there are a lot of things that these students have included uh, in the content. For example, they may make uh, note of a certain faculty member uh, because perhaps that faculty member is doing something in an area that they are deeply interested in. Uh, they may make mention of the geography of the program because they may have ties to that area and they want to make sure that a program is aware of that. So that's a couple of things, certainly not everything, but those are a few things that applicants have included in their program-specific statement. Hmm. And I know we've talked about this, you and I, you know, this concept of fit where applicants can really describe specifically why they would be a good fit with the program. I think um, I've also seen applicants describe specific clinical interests or specific research interests that align with the program's strengths. So that's another area. I was going to add, you know, you make a good point about specific 
clinical or research interests. And I've had students who have had interests that dovetail very nicely with what that residency program's focus or strengths are. And to give you another example, uh, I remember a student who had opportunities to take part in point-of-care ultrasound during medical school and had taken part in a project. And by taking part in that project, what he discovered about himself was that when he went on to do residency training, he wanted to really become well-grounded in point-of-care ultrasound. And so when he was looking at internal medicine residency programs, he happened to find one program in particular that had this well-developed curriculum in which he could really pick up those skills over the three years of training. And not only pick up those skills, they had so much there that you could actually achieve distinction in point-of-care ultrasound. And so he was able to write in his statement how he had a background in this area and how he was really passionate about this and and how that fit with their program, uh, specifically that they had this curriculum within their training. I think that's such a great example. And I think even beyond sort of research projects that you've done in the past, I think students can also write about their specific future career goals or even specific future subspecialty interests. Um, So, for example, I have a student who's working with me right now. As you know, I have a strong interest in the reduction of comorbidities in patients with dermatologic disease. So I write a lot about diet and dermatology, and I've written about diabetes prevention within dermatology. And that's why this student was interested in writing an article with me. And so I can see how, as she's applying to multiple programs across the country, If there is a program with a strong psoriasis center, that's something where reduction of comorbidities is very important. There's also multiple centers that specialize in the treatment of hydradenitis supertiva. And so again, those would be programs that she could target because that's another patient population where you could really think about reduction of comorbidities. So I think just to add to what you're saying, those ideas of what is it that you're looking to do in your future career, um, or is there a future subspecialty that would link to the program? Um, so I think those are all really interesting ways that students could could really tie into that. But I, I wanted to go back to one of the first things you said, which I think this is a really important thing for you and I to touch upon, which is geography. So what do you think about writing about geography? Geography does matter, Rajani, to programs. We know that through a lot of the research that we have available to us. And programs know that geography is the number one reason why applicants rank programs in the ways that they do. So if you have geographical ties, you can certainly write about it in your program-specific statement. But if you do that, what I would tell an applicant is to also encourage them to write about something else that makes you a good fit for the program. And the reason why that's important is because programs really like it when you have interest in them for things that go beyond just your geographical ties. So geography should definitely be part of it, but it should never be the main reason or the only reason, correct? That's right. And I think this piece about geography is even more important right now in the time of COVID um, because a lot of students are not able, or 
no students really are able to do these away electives where they are traveling to a completely different region of the country. So then how do you really compellingly write about your reason? Um, you know, and I think you had an example of this that you were telling me about it. Can you tell our listeners about that story? Absolutely. And so I remember an applicant who was originally from California and had actually grown up there. Uh, but as many Californians do, he went to medical school outside of California. And in this particular case, he was attending a med school on the East Coast. And what he wanted to do is after graduating, he wanted to return to California to complete his residency training. But his concern was that he was at a school on the East Coast that wasn't very familiar to California residency programs. And he was also concerned because during medical school, his family moved out of California because his father got a job in the Midwest. So now he was concerned that he no longer had a physical address in California, and that would prevent him from getting interviews in the state, uh, on top of the fact that his medical school was a relatively unknown school to programs in the state. So what he ended up doing, Rajani, is he created a program-specific statement with geography as part of its content. And as a result of that, he did receive uh, interviews from a number of California programs. So if you were to summarize and sort of give our listeners the bottom line on this topic, what would that be? What I would tell applicants is that writing a program-specific personal statement takes a lot of work. It's a labor-intensive task, especially when you're applying to as many residency programs as today's applicants tend to do. And while there isn't any data to guide us on how program-specific statements can affect your chances, we do know from research that your interest in a program does matter to many, many programs. And while there are lots of ways to demonstrate interest, the program-specific statement is clearly one way to do that. And especially in a year where COVID has prevented many applicants from doing away or additional electives, it's something that deserves consideration. And I would also tell applicants that even if you can't or don't want to write a unique statement for each program, you may want to consider it for those programs that you really consider are at the top of your list. So in this scenario, you may write a program-specific statement for, let's say, three or four programs and send a general statement to the rest of the programs that you're applying to. And so finally, I, I just leave our listeners with, you know, the words of one otolaryngology attending, and I quote, I do believe that a small summary of why an applicant might be interested in a particular program can serve as an example of someone who has done some inquiry into the program rather than simply checking off all the boxes for applications. If you would like more information about the personal statement and other aspects of applying for the residency match, please see our website at md2b.com and md2bconnect.com. We have a lot more resources there. I would also like to ask you if you found this episode helpful. We would be very thankful for a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us notes there about 
other topics that you would be interested in seeing addressed in the future. So we thank you for listening and we hope you have a wonderful week.